Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. In our last study, we began to examine Jesus' story of the rich man and Lazarus. We focused on the Jewish misunderstanding of God's blessing. They would have thought that the rich man was favored by God, and Lazarus was not, but they were wrong. Today on Drawing Near, we continue our study of the rich man and Lazarus, so let's take our Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 16, and look at the beggar and Lazarus. As we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. And our Heavenly Father, I pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to you. I thank you that your Spirit continues to persuade us in drawing near to you, convicting us of sin, correcting us of those things that are inappropriate in our lives, restructuring or calling us back to right values that we receive when we trust in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the comfort and the counsel and the presence of your Holy Spirit. Now, Father, give us understanding and wisdom of this passage. We pray, Lord, that we would apply these truths to our lives, particularly in our relationship toward you and in our attitude toward others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's begin today by reading this text once again. So in Luke 16, beginning in verse 19, we read, There was a certain man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded though one rise from the dead. So we concluded our last study with the beggar dying and being carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. In verse 23, we read these words, And being in torments, now it doesn't say torment, singular, it says torments, plural. So being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now I'm not going to focus in our study on Abraham's bosom, or on Hades, or what happens when a person dies before Jesus' death on the cross, his burial, and resurrection. 
I'm going to save those for other passages and other times. But I want us to focus on what Jesus was trying to communicate. Clearly, the Jewish people understood what he was saying when he talked about Abraham's bosom and Hades. Hades is another word for hell. And being in torments in hell, there are multiple torments in hell. There's not a singular torment. Hell is a place of eternal torment. And whether we like it or not, whether our culture likes it or not, there is a literal hell. The Bible clearly teaches that. And those who are not grafted to Christ, who do not have faith in Christ, those who do not repent of their sin and trust in Jesus Christ for their salvation, they will go to hell. This is referred to as the second death. And so being in torments in Hades, this rich man lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham afar off. I have to believe that that's one of the torments, to be able to see what you don't have in eternity. Now, maybe that's not what's being clearly said here, but it seems to be implied. He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom, Lazarus being comforted by Abraham. In verse 24, the rich man cried and said, Father Abraham, before we go further, this man was a Jew. He was a son of Abraham. And the Jews believed simply by being a child of Abraham, they had special blessings and favor from God. And so multiple times he talks to his father or father Abraham, his ancestor. And the Pharisees would not have missed that. Neither would have the Jewish multitude or the disciples. This man, they assumed because of the riches of his life, his faring sumptuously, his being a Jew, had everything he could possibly want or need for eternal security. But then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Give me what I don't deserve. And send Lazarus that he may dip the finger in the water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Hades is a place of torments, and part of the torment there is flame. And this flame, this eternal fire, causes immense suffering, so that this rich man wanted Lazarus to simply dip his finger in water and cool his tongue. He's not saying, have mercy on me and save me. He's saying, have mercy on me and reduce my torment. Verse 25, but Abraham said, son, remember that in your life you receive good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. The rich man had wonderful things, sumptuous things. He had all of his good things. Lazarus suffered, and we've gone over what that suffering looked like briefly. And now things were reversed. Now it was the rich man who was the beggar, begging for Lazarus to give him a a, just a drop of water on his tongue, where the rich man in this life wouldn't even give him crumbs from his table. That was the problem. It isn't the fact that the rich man's rich and Lazarus is poor. That's not how you get to heaven by being poor and, and diseased and, and suffering. The rich man failed to love. We're told in First John that the commandment of Christ is to trust in Christ and to love our neighbor as ourselves. The rich man failed in loving. The rich man failed to exhibit the holiness and the righteousness, the relationship that we have with the Father in loving his neighbor. He was an evil, wicked man. And Lazarus didn't go to Abraham's bosom because he was tormented. But evidently, Lazarus had a heart that was of God's heart. He was faithful to God. 
And so now the rich man is tormented and Lazarus is comforted. In verse 26, we're told something special about the relationship between Abraham's bosom and Hades. In verse 26, it says, Besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. So there's this gulf fixed, and there's no travel between them. Once you're in hell, you're in hell. Once you're in Abraham's bosom or paradise or heaven, you're there and you're secure, and there's no transfer back and forth. Then in verse 27, we read these words. Then he said, I beg you, therefore. See, the rich man is now the beggar. The rich man is now pleading. The rich man is now suffering and in torment, just like Lazarus was in this world. He says, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they come to this place of torment. If this rich man's attitude tells us anything accurate about those in hell, those in hell or in torment are not going to be partying with their friends, not going to be having a great celebration. Rather, they are going to have an evangelistic zeal for those who have been left behind. This rich man wanted his brothers to be saved. This rich man wanted his brothers to be warned. Abraham says in verse 29, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And the rich man said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. You see, the rich man understood that his brothers needed to repent. If we do not repent of our sin and put our faith in Jesus Christ, there is no hope for us. And even before the gospel is preached, even before Jesus dies and resurrects, this one in Hades, in torment, knew there was need of repentance, the turning away of sin, and to start living a life toward God, in fellowship with God. But Abraham says in verse 31, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. We have all we need in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, in God's Word, to tell us of the way we are to live, of the faith we are to have in Christ, and how we can have eternal life how we can have forgiveness of sins. And the truth is, these things are written in our lives. We know that we are to love. That's why we feel guilty when we treat people wrong. Our conscience bears witness against us. The Holy Spirit in the world that testifies of the gospel and of Christ bears witness against us. Other believers bear witness against those who have not trusted in Christ. There is no end to the witnesses that testify to the lost that they need Christ. And so when they go to hell, there's no other fork in the road. When they die, it's done. And we need to know that. And we need to pray for their salvation. We need to share the gospel for their salvation. We need to understand that today is the acceptable day of salvation. We need to trust Christ now if we haven't already, or else we will be the beggar. And those who have trusted in Christ, regardless of their earthly circumstances, will be the rich ones the heirs, the joint heirs with Christ in eternity. I pray that that's each and every one of us. And I pray that we would work for that to be the case in the lives of those people around us who we can point to faith in Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this story. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to understand the deep riches of your grace, the magnitude of your mercy, 
that we may worship you and be thankful that we may live faithful lives, living, following Jesus Christ, loving those around us with the love you have exhibited toward us in sending Jesus to die on the cross. Help us, Father, to have compassion and mercy on those around us, those who are suffering in sin, but those who are also suffering in this life, like Lazarus did. And Father, help us to exhibit all of the characteristics of Christ in our lives day by day. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.